listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. So what are the elements of having a conscious partnership? One that is ready to go, one that is where you want it to be. Well, today I have a guest, Alexandra Stockwell, and Alexandra and I are going to have a discussion about the six elements to a conscious partnership. Now, Alexandra is a physician turned into a relationship and intimacy expert, and she is known as the Relationship Catalyst. She was born in New York City, raised in the suburbs. She majored in philosophy and mathematics at St. John's College in Annapolis, Maryland, and then she went to med school at SUNY, at Stony Brook, and then trained at the University of Massachusetts Worcester Family Medicine Residency. That's where she met and married her husband while she was in medical school. She was a wife of 23 years, a mother of four, but she believes that the key to passion, fulfillment, intimacy, and success in a couple's relationship isn't compromise. It's being unwilling to compromise because when both people feel free to be themselves and know how to love and be loved for exactly who they are, the relationship is, as she says, juicy, nourishing, and deeply satisfying. Now, for the last two decades, she has shown men and women how to bring pleasure and purpose into all aspects of life, from the daily grind of running a household to successfully growing a business to creating ecstatic experiences in the bedroom. Alexandra and her family now live in the San Francisco Bay Area, although she works with couples all over the world. Her programs teach couples how to deeply connect with one another, ignite their passion, and create more love, stability, and pleasure in their lives. Alexandra helps people connect and build into happy families through facilitating healing and transformation for couples. And today, we will be telling you those six pieces to a conscious partnership. So let's turn to my discussion, my interview with Alexandra Stockwell. Alexandra, thank you so much for being here. Um, This is one of the exciting things to be able to talk with other people and share ideas And more than that, to have your ideas shared with people that I know need to hear what you have to say. And so uh, what's really helpful is for people to kind of have an idea of how you got to here. So could you tell us a little bit about how you arrived maybe to this space today? And uh, then we can dive into uh, what makes for some conscious partnership. Absolutely. I really appreciate being your guest, Lee. And um I get that question a lot because I'm a physician turned relationship and intimacy expert. And I think when people hear that, they immediately think, how could you give up the prestige and the money and this, that, and the other thing? And that's not at all how my story goes. So I was in, actually, I started a little earlier. I majored in philosophy and mathematics in college, and I was always interested in everything. And I went to medical school and became a physician. I was in medicine for 12 years. And in a lot of ways, I had arrived. I had been working really hard for many years through high school, college. Um, Because I didn't major in something scientific, I took a year to do all my uh, pre-med requirements in 11 months. And then I went to medical school and then residency. And so the point is, I was working really hard. And um, 12 years in, I was married. At that time, I had two children. And I thought, okay, I've arrived. I haven't stockpiled a lot of money, which can be part of the physician dream. But but otherwise, I really have achieved the things I set out to achieve. However, 
I didn't want to live that way for another 30, 40, 50 years because I found that I prioritized my patients over my family and my family over myself. And time management was definitely not my challenge. It was something deeper and I couldn't really figure out how to get that straight. And I tried a bunch of different things and eventually I thought, okay, I just need to start fresh. So officially I took a sabbatical, but I knew and my husband knew that I probably wasn't going back, but it takes a lot of courage to step away from medicine and my own questions and kind of internal inquiry were so rich and tender and I really wasn't in a position to hear what anybody else had to say about it. So I just told everyone else I was taking a sabbatical and I went on a journey to find out how to really love and honor myself and be able to care for all the people in my life. I have four children, been married 23 years, and um, I really needed to learn how to come from full rather than to become depleted with each passing year. And so going on that journey, I did a lot of workshops, I hiked, I did all kinds of things. And one of the things I eventually got to, which is not, I didn't expect to get there when I started, but anyway, a few years in, I was taking a sensuality and sexuality course in order to really revive and find lifelong tools for cultivating passion in my own marriage. And the course that I was taking, which again, I did for the reasons I've just said, happened to also be a coach training. I hadn't really paid any attention to that aspect when I signed up and I didn't even know what a coach was. I believed in letters after my name and I took those things seriously. But the first lab, I thought, well, you know, it's just kind of something fun to do. I'll go. And I found my home because I love what's possible in coaching. And I didn't need to hold myself back as the professional physician I was, but I learned in, of course, a boundaried way to be able to draw on all of my life experiences. And it was personally healing initially, but it really gave me access to serve people in a deep way from tending my own soul and heart as well. So I, I want to step back uh, in a minute, but first, when you say coach, um, what would you, what kind of coach would you call yourself? I'm a relationship and intimacy coach. Okay. So you hit both of those areas, relationship. I mean, not that they're separate, but um, th those are two pieces of the puzzle. I mean, relationship sometimes is working on the workings of it. Intimacy is something deeper um, within somebody and between them. So uh, when you're doing that work, what type of people do you normally see? My heart really goes out and I serve the couples who everything looks good from the outside. Um, they're not typically on the, diverge of, on the verge of divorce, although sometimes they are. But more often, they have a life together. They love one another. They want to stay together. But the relationship is not nourishing. And it often takes a lot of courage to acknowledge that. And really, there are two ways people go. People can go towards conflict, and it's intense and dramatic. But far more often, people find themselves in a relationship which I describe as conflict-free and passion-free. Stagnant. 
stagnant. Uh, I have a, a new acquaintance who calls it sleepwalking, but it's really um, stagnant and sleepwalking. Like really what I think it is, is people who have a lot of love and lack education to know how to experience and create the dynamic, sensual, nourishing relationship they really yearn for. And so it's not that they don't like one another or that they dream of something else. It's a lack of education that has them shut down. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, uh, well, the first thing, you know, I, I'm aware that you have floated back to your philosophy training from college. You know, <laughs> you, you went through the, the math stuff and, and science and the hard stuff of med school. You've come back to what does this all mean? You know, what is this all about? And applied it towards relationships. But one of the things that I'm clear about is sometimes when people are in a marriage crisis, what's finally happened is they've been in this conflict or the stagnant sleepwalking uh, place so long that one person just says, I, I, I'm not going to do the next 30 years this way, which is kind of what you said about your practice. I'm not going to do this for the next 30, 50 years. Now, yes, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, that is how I account for the phenomenon where often one person will come to the other, to their spouse and say, I've had enough. And the spouse who's hearing that is surprised. It's not that they think the relationship was fantastic and they've been delusional, but it's been that way for five, 10, 20, 30 years. And there's nothing that's outwardly changed. It's just that the other spouse got to a point where it's just no longer tolerable. And honestly, I love if a couple calls me at that point because it's when things are opened up and there's an urgency that the most transformation can happen in an efficient manner. Yeah. One of the things I have people do is write an apology letter. And the first section of the apology letter is um, thanking the other person for having brought this to their attention because it's not like they're not both aware of the stagnation, whatever. And so, uh, bringing that up takes a lot of, uh, energy and, um, and, and while it can feel desperate and giving up part of what you're noting is so important that a lot of times people just don't know what to do. There's, there's no education. They don't know what they're even trying to create. So part of what you're doing is creating a path for people to, instead of saying, you know, we're either going to have to just keep moving in the same direction and not have passion and not have all, all the, the fun stuff, or we've got to just go separate ways and find it somewhere else. Um, and that is a terrible choice or feeling like you have to choose between those two is terrible. And it's also false because so much more is possible, but drawing on my philosophy way of saying it, I really enjoy that you, you said that, um, what I really want to do, and whether or not you describe it this way, I think you do too, is to change the cultural narrative around long-term relationships. Because in our culture, we consciously and unconsciously think of long-term relationships typically as a place where passion goes to die. And there's deep companionship that can develop. And through sharing a life together, it can feel safe and comfortable. But 
we don't move through Western culture believing that passion grows with the passing of years. And I think there's an exquisite possibility to develop passion when you know someone so well, when you learn how to do that. So that brings us to this um, conscious partnership. Talk a little bit about what a conscious partnership looks like, and then we're going to talk about the details that would kind of the quality. So when you say conscious partnership, what, what should we imagine? Conscious partnership is where both people are aware and awake about what's happening and where they look at whatever arises as something that can be used to build connection. So it's not that something arises and we want to push it under the rug or, oh, let's just not talk about that or I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. No, whatever arises, use it to create more connection. And the key to this is whether or not you're using this language is for you to look at the relationship as the vehicle for personal transformation. So very often in the stagnant relationship, one person is blaming the other and wishing the other person would change. And in a conscious partnership, you each agree that if something isn't working for you, you look at how you can change. That um, so many times people tell me all about what their partner needs to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and they usually have a very um, exhaustive list <laughs> of yes. exactly what needs to happen. Rarely are they talking much at the beginning about what they need to do. And so part of, uh, so let me go back through this. Part of what you're saying is the relationship. It's not that it is a vehicle that like, that's the purpose of it, but it can be used as a way of finding more personal growth. So as you're growing yourself, you're also creating more into the relationship. You're bringing more, uh, of yourself and more into the relationship. Uh, so there's a back and forth of that. Absolutely. And, um, in a way, I think that when people get together, there's usually an unconscious or implied reason that they're together, uh, to have children for financial comfort and security. Not that that's so compelling these days, but it was for a long time. Or to um, get together and be rescued and live happily ever after or never to be alone again. These are some of the reasons that drive people as, as the thing that connects them. And so I am suggesting that no matter what brought you together or how you thought about things initially, that there's a real opportunity to actually see the purpose of the relationship as the vehicle for personal growth, not the only purpose, but one of the really, really important ones, because that then feeds back to make the relationship so delicious. Okay. So I want to try something out on you. Go ahead. Uh, um, somebody sent me a meme today. It was off the internet and uh, basically said, what is this about? And uh, so, you know, the, the thing about relationship goals, right? Yes. The relationship goal that this person put down is my goal in a relationship is to help my man become a better person, keep him out of trouble and show him things about himself he never realized. You know, I don't think that's all bad. 
But those have to be secondary goals. Mm. Re- I, 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 I don't agree with the second one. I don't remember what it is in this moment, but, you know, to reflect your partner so they see the truth and the greatness of who they are, that's a worthwhile element in a relationship. Yeah, the second really, was keep them out of trouble. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't believe in that one. Let them get into trouble and grow and learn. Otherwise, you're essentially functioning as a parent, and that is never sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the first one to become a better person is different than to discover he's a better person, right? And, and to find his own place of that. And I agree that, um, you know, there's a lot of research that shows that couples who are happiest are the ones that support each other in their self expansion. So they both are on this path of growth. And that is one of the signs uh, of a marriage that's likely to survive. So it's not that I disagree with that. You know, you can both be better people and I can support you in that. It's the responsibility piece that concerns me about that statement. Yes. Well, I'm in complete agreement with that. But I think uh, like the thing I want to presence is clearly neither of us are going to endorse blaming or criticizing the spouse. But some people might think the alternative is being disengaged. And it's not. Hmm. It's having loving attention. And I think really, if we're going to go really uh, deep with this, for me to really believe in my husband requires me to do a certain amount of personal growth and uh, achieve a certain level of personal transformation in myself in order to deeply believe in what's possible for him. So I really think this is a situation of both and I don't think anyone is ever responsible for their spouse, but there is a real benefit for the individual to learn how to be their spouse's biggest fan. I love the, the being there is your spouse's biggest fan. I think is your number one task as a, in the relationship piece, you know, and being that supportive person, not in the self piece, but in the relationship piece. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So that gives us a good idea of what this um, conscious partnership is. And I happen to know that you have six qualities. Yes, I do. And I love every single one of them. So I'm glad we get to cover them all. So let's start with Okay. So the first one is to cultivate curiosity. And um, this is actually more valuable and more nuanced than it looks at at first glance because anyone who's been married or in a committed partnership for a long time, of course, you do know your partner. But as I like to say, do you know what your partner's most meaningful experience was at work yesterday? Do you know your partner's all-time favorite birthday celebration? Do you know when your partner last told a lie or bent the truth a little bit? There's always more. And the key thing with being curious is that whatever response you get, you need to meet with curiosity too. Because I have seen where um, couples will learn to ask questions, but then they're going to critique the answers. Are they okay or not? And that's not what I'm talking about. Cultivating curiosity is really bringing loving, open-ended attention to discover what else about this amazing person, or maybe they don't even feel that amazing to you in the moment, but like, 
what else is there for me to learn about my spouse? Like what makes him or her tick? And why does she say that right now? And then whatever the answer is, you receive it as an opportunity to get to know your partner more deeply. So I think um, one of the hallmarks of stagnancy in relationship is a lack of curiosity. So to create conscious partnership, it's really important to cultivate curiosity. So the importance of curiosity is that the curiosity does not become a tool for criticism. That's right. It becomes a tool for deeper connection. And, and, and at that moment, it may not be that your spouse is amazing, but you might find them interesting. <laughs> How interesting that they would <laughs> do that. Yes, it, this is really in a way about cultivating a sense of awe. The same way it's amazing to watch a flower open or, um, I don't know, I could, I could draw on anything from nature, but really, like, I'll give an example from my own marriage. I, I've been married for 23 years. And when um, I, I was doing a certain piece of work myself, I was sitting on the couch with my husband and uh, we were talking and there was a lull in the conversation and he got up and left. And I was working through some pieces of core wounding and, I found the courage to, instead of feel hurt and rejected in that moment, or to assume anything on his part, it, for me in that, that moment, it was being curious to say, did you just leave because you don't love me right now? Mm. It was a very vulnerable question, but it allowed him to share his experience. Now, usually when I talk about cultivating curiosity, I'm talking about open-ended questions, and this was a more closed question, but it still was an expression of curiosity. And when he said, no, like that wasn't even crossing my mind. I just wanted to go check something on the bookshelf. But because I was in that state, I had made it mean something else. So cultivating curiosity is really about kind of bushwhacking through assumptions we make as well. Mm -hmm. In some ways, curiosity, I, I like the bushwhacking through uh, assumptions. It's also um, the roots of empathy. Absolutely. So he could have Absolutely. said, oh my gosh, what you said to me was overwhelming. I needed to step away for a minute. And that would have given you a different sense too. And either way, I would have known that my feeling abandoned in that moment came entirely from me and wasn't anything that was happening on his side. Hmm. That's great. Okay. Uh, so next one. Yes. Okay. So the next one is embrace honesty. And you and I talked about compromise and being uncompromising. I think I can bring that. I mean, before the show started, I can bring that in here because so often, um, Spouses who love one another and want to have a harmonious relationship end up withholding things. And they can be little things or big things. But over time, the habit of withholding really means that they're not sharing who they really are. So embrace honesty is about sharing your truth and not withholding it because the two main reasons people aren't forthcoming is because either they don't want to hurt their partner or they don't want to deal with their partner's response. 
And so it's just easier to avoid both of those things and not share what's true. But that paves the way for stagnancy and to have a conscious partnership that's juicy and alive. It's essential to really be honest about what's happening for you. And, um, so I teach people a way to do that. I'm just going to say it really, um, quickly and maybe there'll be another context for going into it in more depth, but, um, to ask, are you available to hear this right now? And allow the answer to be either yes or no, or hang on, I've had a long day, I need to take a shower, and then I'll be ready. And then to say, the reason I want to tell you this is, and my desired outcome is this. And that frames things so that you're not just blasting your honesty and venting and then the, or even if you say it really gently, if you're not used to telling the truth. And so you hesitantly say it, but in either situation, your partner can feel attacked or blamed or any of these things. And if you actually say why you're telling and what the desired outcome is, it can really lead to connection, even when you have some of the most difficult communications to make. So let's just kind of explore this a little bit. When you say embrace honesty um, and people uh, are withholding, um, I'm guessing you're not talking about just unfilteredly sharing every thought that pops into your head. No, I am not. In fact, I've spoken about saying why you're making the communication and what your desired outcome is as beneficial to the person listening but it's also incredibly beneficial to the person sharing because you need to collect your thoughts and get really clear. Why am I saying this? And what is the desired outcome? So um, an example is, let's say my husband gets home from work before I do. And for three days in a row, he hasn't done the dishes. Like the first time I'm like, okay. And, but you know, then the resentment builds and it's not that big a deal. We, we understand in the context of decades of marriage, like that's not a big deal. It'd be easy to just ignore it and carry on. But instead what I will do is say to my husband, are you available? I have something important to tell you. And this is a practice we share with one another. So he's going to say yes. And I'll say, uh, I want, to share it with you because it's been weighing on me and it's been hard to just let it go. And my desired outcome is that after I tell you this, I feel free to have a really lovely evening together and maybe we could get into bed earlier. And when I preface it that way, and that's, that can be an authentic communication that I have to make from him to him. He's not going to feel attacked when I say, it really doesn't work for me for you to leave the dishes when you got home first and I had a long day and blah, 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 blah. Um, he's going to be like, Oh yes. You know, thank you for telling me. I didn't realize that it was impacting you that way. And you know, whatever, because he and I love one another and we want it to be well together. So, but if I didn't preface it that way, he might, think, even if I don't intend it that way, that I'm criticizing him. 
Well, we are out of time for the podcast, but we are not out of interview. The really cool thing about that is you can catch the whole interview on a very special new program that we're just starting. That program is called the Relationship Rewrite. This is how you go back and rewrite what's going on in your relationship. It's going to bring you the best of trainings from interviews and content from all of the top experts in the field. And this is where the whole interview will be. As you know, we've covered two of those topics about how to create a conscious partnership. But Alexandra and I continue on with all six, and you get access to all six of those through the Relationship Rewrite program. So go now to RelationshipRewrite.com. That's RelationshipRewrite.com relationship, R-E-W-R-I-T-E dot com, how you rewrite your relationship. Thanks for joining us here, and I look forward to seeing you at relationshiprewrite.com. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. dot